Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Guinea Pig Podcast. I am Joshua Sanchez, a.k.a. Cap, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Nathan Cherapata, a.k.a. Maverick. It is Monday, June 5th, 2023. And we are here to rock your socks off. Or, you know, gently assist you in taking them off because... (laughs) This is not a rock your socks off type of episode. But hey, listen, I'm not discriminating against anybody who gets their socks rocked off by any, you know, thing. I'm just saying, and we'll get into it more. You know, this is just one of those normal episodes. It's a couple of mm-hmm. guys who are to no good, you know, trying not to make trouble in the neighborhood. Well, okay. I mean, what's been going on, man? I'm... I'm still here uh, in Kansas, in Hutchinson. Oh, man. And uh, working the medicine team. Oh. Tell you, I had a couple interesting cases. I was about to say, what, what, what is that, <laughs> first of all? What is what? You said medicine team? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a hospitalist, internal medicine so I run the hospital, or I'm in the hospitalist uh, team. We have, like, medicine teams. Okay. And that's for, like, medications and, like, and mm-hmm. those checking for expired dates. Well, no, no, no. I tell people I'm I'm the point guard for their, like, medical care. Oh. So, yeah, I'm like your, your Chris Paul, John Stockton, Steve Nash. Right, right, right. Just can't comparing himself to like you know minor players like CP3, you know. No yeah, problem. you know, just a minor player, you know, in the league here. Just okay. a humble brag. Just a humble brag. So, do you get like a nurse that's like, "Oh, I need to push this much medication or this medication," and you go, "Yep," or "No, we're actually going to do this dose at this," you know, whatever. Is that kind of what it is? Or tell us yeah, more. Yeah, I mean. It's all, I mean, we do a lot of that, like, I mean, electrolytes, um, of course, the medications, um, you know, ordering the studies, uh, and then, like, basically, yeah, running running the team, like, we're the point guard. So, if, if we're finding, like, an infection we can't figure out, you know, we get the infectious disease specialist, have them take a look at the patient, or, you know, I, I had an interesting case where this guy had uh, unexplained pulmonary fibrosis and Ooh. you know I didn't he wasn't a smoker he didn't it's not like he I mean he was a farmer but we we're kind of thinking why would this show up the last two weeks and so I consulted a pulmonologist and then we talked to the guy and and he, he told us that he was you know he has these chronic UTIs hmm. and there's a medication they found like one of the bacteria was sensitive to is nitrofurantoin and it's a rare side effect but you can't it can cause pulmonary fibrosis whoa and which is like a scarring of the in between the lung lung tissue okay there's like inflammation builds up and then these fibrous strands form and it's kind of like you're breathing against uh, a resistance band so he was having trouble breathing Oof. and then we're like okay uh, you know, let's stop that medication. Um, we gave him some breathing treatments, but just, uh, 
basically told him, hey, you're allergic to this. Never take this again. Because he had been on so many different antibiotics. I think the yeah. his urologist was just like, okay, let's, uh, you know, do a cycle of this one. Right. And, you know. Just throwing it, stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks. Well, just, I, I get the idea of it. You don't want the bacteria to see the same antibiotic. Like, let's say you're using ciprofloxacin. After like three months, the bacteria is going to be resistant to it. So then you have to find a new one. And then, right. you know, so he had kind of cycled through all the normal ones. And then he was, I mean, nitrofurantoin, a lot of people handle it. A lot of people take it. No problems. But this guy, so that was one case. Um you said, let's say you have zexamoxicam. Dude, I can't even say that. So I probably won't be taking it. But you never know. Ciprofloxacin. Dude, I don't appreciate it when you cuss at me in medical. <laughs> I don't know. Amoxicillin. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So antibiotics. Got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's crazy. Oh, and he was taking it for the UTR. That makes sense. I thought you were going to be like, oh, there's a certain kind of like DEET in the pesticides that they were using. And it's like soylent, you know, green. And it caused like some lung collapse. So it's not like crazy, but you figured it out, dude. That's what's... Listen, everybody. Yeah. Great American hero, Dr. Nathan Cherapata, a.k.a. Maverick. Here. Thanks. At the podcast. Let's give a round of applause. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, man. Yeah. And then I'm also, I mean, had a case where a guy came in for, um, I mean, this is something, if anybody in the medical field will know, it's like people get kind of dumped on hospitals. And it's, I think it's bad for patient care, but you know, a guy, a guy's hematologist said, okay, this guy, I've been seeing this patient monitoring him. He has chronic uh, lymph- lymphocytic leukemia, and now he's at this point where he needs mm. some chemotherapy and treatment. So he wanted him to go to Kansas University where they have hematologists and oncologists start the chemotherapy. And at the hospital I'm working at, they don't initiate the chemotherapy. If they have orders and you know, it's like they're going to continue their cycles. They can do it there, but they don't start the cycles and come up with the plan. Hmm. So I think uh, there was some inc- some weather a uh, couple days ago, like on the first, and they couldn't make the transportation all the way there. That's what they said. So they just dropped him off here at the hospital I'm at. And then they also took blood cultures. He ended up with a staph aureus infection. So now we need, yeah, now we're trying to figure out where that is. And of course, they're not going to start chemotherapy on somebody that has bacteremia or bacteria in the blood. So blood poisoning. Dang. Yeah. And now the patient feels fine. And now he doesn't even want to go to to Kansas University. I don't know. It's kind of a mess, but that's been kind of what's been going on in my week, but something new every day, dude. Sounds like you just get stuff thrown at you. Yeah. A couple, a couple heart attacks. Um, 
had a minor stroke versus uh, Bell's palsy. Whoa. All, all in a week's worth, but week of work, but it's been fun. Okay. Well, as relevant uh, to this podcast, um, are we ready to go into our next segment? Well, well, I want to hear a little about your week, man. What's been going on with you? Well, you know, a lot of the same. And I'll tell you this. Uh, I am still without my Ritalin. Uh, day eight. Uh, I am feeling it, my brother. Uh, I feel like I'm back to the old ADHD days. Hard to keep thought together. Hard to to kind of stay focused. Brain fog. Um, and then I've also still been without my CPAP, which is neither here nor there, but it does affect me mentally, my sleep, my blood pressure technically. But, you know, I think I've been holding it together. And, um, you know, the last dose carried me, but not long enough. Not long enough, my friend. I which mean... We were talking about this in the, in our like pre-call before the recording, but I think you have a plan to go and get some or to get it filled, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I, hopefully within a week. I mean, I've done this too. Been on um, Ritalin and then getting off of it. I think you're, you're in withdrawal period right now and... Dude, I'm not reacting to not having it. I'm not withdrawing, dude. I just need one more. Okay. I just need one more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100% withdrawing. <laughs> yeah. You're in the addiction phase. I need it again. But yeah. I'm going to end up in the ER being treated by none other than. <laughs> yeah, you're Steve Nash. <laughs> That that's an easy fix. I've seen that too. So what's going on with me with my CPAP then? What's affecting me? Well, I mean, when you're sleeping without the CPAP, then you're not having that positive pressure. You're not getting good airflow to the lungs while you're sleeping, and so you're kind of. I know you talked about it on the last podcast. Like you said, like seventeen apnics per night. Yeah. Right. Yep. 15. Or, no, every 17 minutes. Yeah. Every 17 minutes and the sleep cycle is 90 minutes. So you're not able to get through a whole cycle of sleep before, you know, you get hypoxic. Yikes. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that are going on that when the, you know, when you're not oxygenating the blood that in the, in the lungs and the pressure builds up, on the right side of the heart because the right side of the heart's trying to push the blood to the lungs and it can't. Mm, I'm dying. Okay. Break. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, getting on medicine and you've been working on dying. And if you're a listener and you're reaching to your Apple watch to take your uh, blood oxygen level, good idea. Good idea. <laughs> By the way, Matt, I mean, those to... Apple watches are coming in handy. Yeah. I had a I had a patient that was on a, a beta blocker and it was dropping his heart rate into the thirties and forties. Ooh, bradycardia. And it was just it was so easy. He showed me like the readings from the watch and I was like, 
Yeah, and how many milligrams are you taking? Labetalol, two hundred milligrams twice a day. Yeah, that that'll stop a heart. <laughs> I was like, well, we'll discontinue that, change that medication. Jeez, man. Okay, so that's interesting because, you know, like it it detects, uh, you know, too low of heart rate. I'm sitting mm-hmm. at night. I was reading it, my data a little bit because I'm a nerd, and uh, I usually sit around. 42 BPM at night. 42. Sometimes I'll dip to 38. Is that slightly bad? That's that's pretty low. <laughs> but I think that's normal in the uh, at night when you sleep to, to have the heart rate drop because you're you're completely relaxed. You're not really using a lot of uh, energy. You're not using any muscles or anything. So. I know it can drop, but I I still think that's that's pretty low. He's literally over there sweating, being like, "This experiment's over." Um, <laughs> after the podcast, to uh, set up a new plan. <laughs> you are actually. We need to divert this experiment into emergency. Get Captain some CPAP ASAP. Do you have a will? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> a will. Do you want to be intubated? <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> by all means necessary. Thank you. Because I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, so I'm dying, but I'm I'm I have a plan. I have a plan. We're getting this CPAP dialed in. Getting this Ritalin dialed in. I'm super stoked about what those episodes are going to be like. Yeah. Um, and the results. I'm kind of curious. You know, when my body's actually not trying to fight itself, right? Um, and then I think you're going to be able to benefit from, you know, what we're, what we're experimenting on. Right. 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 (laughs) I think another thing we should talk about is that last episode was a little bit scuffed. Yeah. I was, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. We were having some technical difficulties and I actually, you know, we're still trying to figure it out, but, um, you know, we're just two guys just talking about stuff we like, you know, and we'll do better at it. We'll get better and technology will get better. We'll learn. Yeah, we're learning. Uh, we... I, I learned I shouldn't sit on a squeaky chair and try and record this. Yeah, I apologize to everyone's eardrums in advance. We should, we should put a disclaimer out there that says at 36 seconds, pull your AirPods out of your ears at <laughs> yeah. 26 minutes and 14 seconds. Pull your ear pods out or you will crash your car. <laughs> oh man or at 36 seconds prepare to wake up yeah prepare That's to what w- it did to me i was like oh all right i'm I awake know. and you know you're using our podcast to go to sleep but uh don't use that one not that episode mm-hmm. but yeah as long as we're coming clean about our issues <laughs> yeah well uh do you, you want me to start or you want? Yeah, well, you can kick it off. I'll kick it off. All right. So uh, it, this this next segment is called Coming Clean with Captain <laughs> Um, <clears throat> Crazy week, you know? I'm not thinking as clearly as I should. Uh, And, I, you know, I, I did do some exercise. I'll say that. But what I didn't do uh, is do my journal or my injection. So uh, what did I do tonight, Maverick? How did How did we make up for that? Well, 
I, I mean, anytime you're going to miss one, I would say, you know, do just 160 milligrams, the 0.8 mLs, and then do that uh, just once a week. But yeah, we did an injection of 160 milligrams before the episode. Which, which for any of you listening is like... Captain did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. He didn't fly all the way over here just to inject me. We're good friends, but you know, I don't know if we're that good friends. I'm just joking. We're good friends. Well, that's kind of the mis- mystery behind this podcast. We've never actually met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that time is TBD. TBD. We got plans. We got plans. We got big plans. No, I'm telling you that that injection, what 160, was mm-hmm. the entire syringe full, and that was. I got a little shaky on that one, dude. But you know, I powered through. I think I played it off well. Mm-hmm. And then, what, did you make any diary entries? Can we review? No, I I didn't do any diary entries because I just didn't do the injection. Didn't make the time to you know, to do anything. And, and to be honest with you, as I'm reflecting back on the week or what to, let's see, would have been Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the five days basically between then and the last injection. And now it was honestly still a really good week. And I'll tell you what, um, Thursday, Friday was like the peak of my energy um, I was able to go late. I was even doing yard work, like side job for another guy and out there sweating and working a lawnmower and, you know, lifting up heavy things. And I was like, okay, no, I'm feeling that kind of that spring back in my step. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then right on my dose day, which would have been Saturday, I started to feel sort of this like tiredness, this tapering off. And then by Sunday I was really feeling it. And then today, I was just floored today. Felt like I had to take a, you know, couple naps. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping 160 is going to give me a little a little zing. Yeah, we got to write this shit. We got to get back on track. We got to get back on track. And that brings us to our sponsors of this podcast, C4 Energy Drink. <laughs> Zin, three milligrams. <laughs> Three milligrams in and C4 promo code guinea pig <laughs> yep. Yep. to get us sued. Yeah. And you know what? If you actually look inside the can um, after you drink it, there's a QR code. And if you zoom in enough with your phone, you can find it. Trust me. Try it. Try it out. That's absolute false information. Um, but I would say that, you know, I'm interested in 160, what 160 is going to do. Is there going to be any issues with my blood? No. no, I mean, <laughs> I'll t- am I dying well, right now? Tell me. Am I dying? No, no. I mean, I'll tell you about, because uh, I'll, I'll also come clean. I did read a lot of journal articles in between working and everything. And I just, I found out that I'm not really good at, at the research aspect. Uh-huh. And, but I mean, you know, I can go over some of them sure. and tell you a little bit about at least like my perspective on it, but um, I was not able to find 
one article that completely made sense to, you know, what we're trying to do, of course. A lot of the articles are on, you know, 65-plus-year-olds um, that have literally severe hypogonadism, gonadism, and... Um, small, small balls? And, huh? Small balls? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got it. Pineapple? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you got it right hypogonad means small ball <laughs> what dude it's for the listener small uh, yeah. Ball, yeah small underperforming testicles is we- is how i think they prefer to be um you know referred to as the romans called it high hanging fruit <laughs> double pineapple <laughs> <laughs> Double I'm sorry, they identify as hypogonadal. Go Not now. small balls. That's a derogatory term. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> Okay, so um, you hypogonadism. I will say one of the one of the uh trials that I did like a lot and I think a and a lot of the other ones would cite and refer to was it's known as the T trials. Um, mm. Original article is effects of testosterone treatment in older men. Mm. And it was published in uh, the new England journal, um, February 18, 2016 and authored by Peter J. Snyder is the main author and challenger fashion. But this was, this was, I like this one. Um, you know, five stars, but this one had a good study size and um, I like the way they laid out. It kind of made sense. They had a total of 790 men, 65 or older, and they had serum testosterone levels less than 75 uh, nanograms per deciliter. So that's like hypogonadism and they did everything to the T and they had a, a really good study outline you know, they, they randomized and controlled all the participants into placebo and then testosterone re- replacement. And they used, uh, you know, um, testosterone gel. And then they had, they also were had, you know, big time money behind it. It was funded by the uh, NIH and V, who makes the androgel. Huh. Um, and so they supplied them with androgel 1%. Uh, and then they also gave them the same thing, but then they just took the testosterone out. So it, it felt like androgel, you know, like people, you could obviously, you know, it wasn't easy to recognize if you were getting testosterone or not getting testosterone. Sure. And they did the study for a year and they tried to raise the testosterone to that of like anywhere from 20 to 40 uh, a male that has testosterone in the normal range from like age 20 to 40. Okay. The only thing I, the things that I didn't like is they had so many arms to this thing. They had a sexual function arm, they had a vitality arm and they had a, a physical function arm and, and they didn't, I mean, they kind of confirmed things that we already knew and then that it would increase libido 
that was like positive, but they had like some secondary endpoints. Like I think what it did was it found that there's some things that need to be studied specifically and just more concentrated on to see if it's an actual outcome. Right. Like one of the secondary outcomes was like something that we're trying to do with this experiment is the mood, right? You know, if we know that testosterone works in the in the prefrontal cortex and helps release more serotonin, elevate mood, there's like a nuclei in there called the Rafe nuclei. And so we know through like MRI studies with uh, sugar that you're given extra testosterone that will light up and that'll, that'll be more active. And they did find that it was mildly positive. Like there was a, a statistically different effect on the people that were in the study uh, on their mood and on, on people that had moderate depression, it improved their, their mood. But it wasn't, it was something that they should have been a primary, not a secondary point, you know, and then kind of put together a study based just on that. Right. Divvy it up and, and focus those experiments in their own instead of trying to tack it on to this experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not, not very good at reading the trials, but I also, oh my gosh, I got to tell you. I thought this was hilarious. They had inclusion. I mean, everything about the study was great. I liked the setup and everything. So you had to have, I thought this was funny, sexual function, self-reported decreased libido. They had like all these uh, questionnaires. The sexual desire domain uh, was a questionnaire, and you could get 0 to 33. And the, the higher the number, the higher the sex drive. Mm. But you also had uh, had to have a partner willing to have sex with you twice a month. So, oh. yeah, the, I mean, all the exclusion criteria, like you know, I'm at, and they. Another thing I thought was kind of funny about this is they had. I mean, these people are old, right? Sixty-five plus. So they yeah. did. The way they got them was like not through the internet. They sent out mailings. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Right alongside. I thought that was just like a generational gap type yeah. thing. Yeah, because uh, and I got my uh, testosterone trial pamphlet. Thank you. I'm ready for the week. They had 51,085 men that like responded to these mailings. I thought that was amazing. 51,000 men went out in their robes <laughs> with their <laughs> cup of coffee. And they got get, that mail. They grab the <laughs> watch the paper boy go by and say, I remember when I had that job. And then they open the paper and lo and behold, the testosterone trials. <laughs> Would and, you like to participate? And they said yes. But I can get her to have sex with me at least twice a month. Right? No, I, no what I was <laughs> thinking is just imagine. All the exclusion, listen to this, you can't have a history of prostate cancer, you can't have a risk of prostate cancer, and they used a prostate risk calculator, um, and you couldn't have uh, an international prostate symptom score, um, like signs of like urinary obstruction, hmm. um, you couldn't have a history of stroke, you couldn't have a heart attack in the past three months. You couldn't have unstable chest pain or congestive heart failure. You had to have really well 
controlled blood pressure, less than 160 and less than 100 diastolic. So imagine you jump through all those hoops and then they're like, okay, it looks like, uh, yeah, you have decreased libido. You, you, you scored low on the sexual desire uh, questionnaire. Do you have a partner that'll have sex with you twice a month? Nope. Sorry. You're out. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I forgot about that part. I, I just filled out my hinge profile. <laughs> I haven't got any hits yet, dude. That is hilarious. Plus, you jump through all those hoops, and then you get the placebo. Oh. <laughs> and you're just like... Man, it, it's not happening for me today. <laughs> I have no idea how hard it was to convince her twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> and now it ain't even working, man. This gets... Oh. Out of there. Out of the lobby. Well... I think that's funny. But Maverick, you're going to have some more info for us. Mm -hmm. more, will, more compact, more uh, evidence-based. But and then uh, I did have another one, too. I mean, I have a lot. We can, we can do it next time. We'll do it on the next one. All right. Well, Two bits. that's fine, too. Uh, we got to pineapple some of this. <laughs> Probably a lot. Yeah, man. Yeah. What do you? So, next week, we'll have another pod. We'll talk more. We'll have a better update. We're gonna be fresh and revived. But Maverick, do you have a a Woody quote for us today? Uh, I guess we gotta end with the famous Woody Harrelson quote. There's just something extraordinary about that Selma Hayek, <laughs> and I could not agree more. And there we have it, folks. We'll see you next time. Never stop, I'll get it if I want it. Gotta make to myself a promise.